beautiful people i am priya sachdeva and your host of training diary show your journey to connect with ideas stories experiences and people and get a deep understanding of the world around you starts now today i'm connected with a very special lady i'm joined with major prajukta desai the first female officer in the indian army to become an unmanned aerial vehicle observer pilot in this episode you have a lot to learn especially for women look forward to be in the leadership role so whether in army corporate bollywood no matter we all have an important a sense of leadership skills and this episode is all about that so tune in so first of all thank you so much for being on trending diary and getting your time i know i've been troubling you since so long so but thank you thank you for being here not at all in fact i was to say we have connected i was just going through a message we connected way back and then i was ill for a very long time and i couldn't get through anyone i was not in the right shape after that even come on camera really? so then it got and then i moved to another city all the way so somewhere saturdays is where i get free that mm-hmm. to just set up my house do my some work otherwise my office is from monday to friday so it's really very busy to start with i want to start this interview uh, from the place where i have been uh, reading about you in an interview where you mentioned that either 15 uh, seconds of fear or 15 years of life so that really stuck by me so uh, i want you to elaborate that too so this date back uh, to my academy days when i was training in officers training academy chennai so there we have multiple tests and all tests are challenging your physical and your mental ability one of the test is to jump from 10 meter board and uh, swim 25 uh, mm-hmm. while i could swim very well i do not uh, know why i developed that fear or something that happened for the first time in my life that i couldn't jump from a 10 meter board uh, i have learned micro light flying i have done gliding i have done a couple of things which uh, you know which are related to sports but i do not know how come this fear just creeped into me Uh, the first time i stood on the board uh, my legs just froze and i couldn't take a step forward mm-hmm. i tried it multiple times but then uh, in academy there are certain tests which are related to some of your uh, officer like qualities and this is one of the major tests where, where they say that you know it's related to courage so when i was not able to do it there were a lot of people who kept criticizing a lot of uh, my own uh, colleagues and all who questioned my ability whether she's really fit or not you know when you are in kind of a uh, training academy everything goes so rigorous and because you have been making some mistake this is a norm in the army everybody gets punishment for that so because of me many of my course mates also had long long ragda sessions and longer punishment sessions mm-hmm. and uh, jumping from a 10 meter board into a swimming pool is a thing which uh, resembles courage and if you are hesitant to take such steps in life it does question your uh, ability to become an officer ability to have courage now mm-hmm. the efforts i had put in or the background which i came from it was important for me that i do not give up at this stage i had to pass out of the academy because there were dreams of my life my family had a lot of financial issues since a very long time i had mm-hmm. seen them since a child so mm-hmm. i knew becoming an officer would be a dream come true for me it would be a career of my choice and second thing i would be able to support my family with all the financial aspects with all the support that i can give it to my parents 
so when i used to you know cry after my swimming session was over go back and just keep uh, thinking on it that how can i overcome it because somewhere it got so uh, strong or it got so uh, engraved on my brain that uh, you are a person who's a failure you are a person who cannot jump so to overcome that fear i re- recollected all the pains or all the hardships or struggles i had in my life since i was a child till i could come in the academy so there were long 15 gruesome years of my life when i had struggled each day along with my parents so when i was studying on uh, we have the study periods as well so i was sitting on my desk and studying and i had written there 15 years or 15 seconds of my life i had one of my postmates she came along and she asked me this i what is this so i happened to tell her i said i have seen the worst days of my life and just for these one second i i take it as 15 second because you jump into the water you swim and you come out so i was like for these 15 seconds of my life i will not let go of the 15 years of my struggle that i have so to encourage myself i had written that and i still remember a very beautiful incident when it was the time we had to go for a final test because every time is a practice and then you have a test day when i was going for the final steps everybody jumped and i knew i had the fear i may not be able to go first all the 62 cadets uh, 61 cadets women cadets jumped and i was the 62nd one standing on the board mm-hmm. still hesitating to give a push to myself and you know take that leap that is the time everybody encouraged me from the officers my postmates the jawans over there the instructor each and every one but my brain couldn't process things because of the fear but i just heard about the same postmate of mine deep shikha the one who had a conversation with me she just screamed her way out she said this i just remember 15 years of 15 seconds of your life i remember that fear and i was literally shivering i looked into her eyes i just nodded i looked straight and i just jumped into the pool so that was the time i realized that yes uh, with a lot of uh, mental conditioning one can actually overcome all you have to do is you know remember that how much struggle or how much efforts you put in to come to a certain place let it not go in vain because of fear apart mm-hmm. from that there's also one beautiful incident of my life that is linked to this mm-hmm. you know at times even if you overcome a fear or something somewhere you have sent a message back to people that at times you may lack courage or you may not have the capability to go in a specific direction in one in one go which is very much required in the armed forces there are no two ways about it i cannot keep thinking i cannot uh, delay a lot of things in decision making this also links to a decision making of mind mm-hmm. but the fear was so strong as i said and every time i saw swimming pool there after also today also i do swim yesterday only i swam for an hour but when you talk about a swimming pool and the board that really uh, used to scare me uh, i had the thing in my head that whatever perception people would have built about me that yes she's a person who gets scared mm. uh, i wanted to you know get that thing out, out of my head my system as well as from other people's uh, heads that she is not a loser what mm. i did was yes it took me eight long years for that Uh, this is the story what i told you about 2010 it was in 2019 i made up my mind obviously as making up my mind for years and years in 2019 i actually took the biggest leap of my life mm. uh, on 17th or 18th january we had been to new zealand to learn skydiving it okay. was uh, you know people used to think it's kind of foolish decision 
a person who has fear of 5 meters 10 meters wants to go and jump out of a fully functional aircraft that's silly mm. but then i knew i have made a pact with myself i'm a very strong headed person mm. if i uh, make up mind for something i will go for it it may take time but mm. i do go for it and pursue my dreams so i made up my mind i collected all the money because traveling to new zealand learning skydiving it's all together aerosports are really expensive mm. uh, on uh, 16th or 17 yeah uh, yeah 16th of january we had a ground training they just give you one hour of ground training and 17th was the day when we had to jump i was first in the load that means i was first in the series uh, i was walking and my instructor told me one thing uh, he told me we do not force anybody here that if you feel uncomfortable or if you don't want to jump you can tell us we'll bring you back we'll not force you that is a general briefing they give uh, because these are extreme sports so i told him don't worry i either jump out of the aircraft or i don't come back mm-hmm. and uh, i had written a i couldn't get sleep throughout the night but i had written a i wouldn't say beautiful a list of the things people would have said to me in my entire span of not jumping into the pool i wrote it down on a paper i had it in my flying suit and by the time the aircraft climbed to 13000 feet i kept reading it i kept reading it till the time my mind was completely neutral on numb to fear uh, the doors of the aircraft opened the air gushed out like anything mm-hmm. uh, yes my heart did skip a beat and uh, i did question myself why am i here but i told myself you will do it uh, and you know when you jump from micro light aircraft it's like you need to stand outside the door the door the aircraft is such you need to stand on the strut like the pedal or you can see of the aircraft mm-hmm. give your goes your checks and then you jump so i gave a check on the right check on the left and i left my hand and i was floating in the air that moment of my life i realized that you know bravery is not something uh, that you know uh, i am able to kill tell people or i am able to do all the great things in life i feel uh, fear is uh, inbuilt in everyone it's not the absence of courage but i feel it is bravery is something more that you are ready to take a leap and overcome everything that you feel that so this 15 seconds of my life and this 15 years are very much connected to first skydive i ever did i jumped out of a fully functional plane at 13000 feet and without uh, being attached to an instructor i was guided by two instructors three of us moved out i went on to do six jumps unfortunately because of a lot of uh, uh, you know meteorological conditions aircraft couldn't fly the atmosphere was not weather was not conducive for few days and we lost a few days there so i couldn't complete my 25 jumps or take a license but yes i learned my first six stages so that is what 15 years or 15 seconds of my that that itself i felt like a movie running on when you're explaining <laughs> thing and like that 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 multiple scenes with someone can catch on so or just also to coming with your military career you have been a trailblazer to the specific role in the indian army so how do you see this role has changed uh from the time you have joined and till the time now women are joining the army indian army uh okay so so talk about the change i'll tell you women came in 1992 mm-hmm. in uh, officers training academy before that women were there but in the medical corps so now to have women in all the other arms that started in 1992 and today what we are in 2003 women have reached a certain stage 
where they are a part of the fighting support army by that i mean is women are there in uh, engineers there are there in aviation in uh, signals uh, so these are the branches i would say of the army where women are uh, you know uh, given a chance to uh, go and serve and in 2020 when the verdict came that women should also get a permanent commission that is the time aviation opened its doors for women to not only be air traffic controllers or uav pilots they opened their doors uh, doors to make them combat aviators like that will be they will be shoulder to shoulder with another male officer and fly the helicopters which was not there in the uh, army aviation or indian army before then uh, recently and the courses which will be passing out now they have an option to apply for the artillery artillery is one of the fighting arms those who actually are very much near the enemy so uh, things are changing a lot but i feel they should have gone by a much faster pace but it's uh, better than uh, you know it's better than not having something we have taken a steps towards the progress so women will be coming in artillery they will be part of the guns over there and uh, in few couple of years you will find women also very much close in the battlefield so when we talk about the battlefield people have a conception that battlefield is all about what we see in movie border or uh, kargil or laksh mm. it's not only that the people these are the people whom you see are the infantrians they are the infantry mm. fighting forces who actually do hand to hand combat with the enemy but to support them we have everybody else in the battlefield which also involves a person who's providing them ammunitions who providing them food who providing them communication uh, repair of the vehicles laying off mines and everywhere women were a part of it you would be aware of uh, captain yashika tyagi ma'am was the first woman uh, to be in the war zone during kargil who was also carrying a baby at that time mm-hmm. so women have been there just that these uh, arms or these branches which are there they do not have a uh, they, i would say they would be the backstage artist if people have to watch they were not highlighted and, yes uh, i would not say they are not highlighted it's just that when people ordinary people i would say civilians think about what a war is they can only see a person who does hand to hand combat that is the proper fighting that goes between the troops mm-hmm. only that is visible we do not see the back uh, back uh, background artists if i can put it forward in simple words for people to understand so women have been everywhere so mm-hmm. uh, in kargil you would have also seen how artillery provides cover fire uh if you remember a lot of journalists had did cover that when they are with the rt rt guns and covering fire so now women will be in the artillery as well so we will see in near future women may also be there as a part of infantry also be there of part of uh, special forces i feel it's important that we give them an opportunity uh, rather than saying that they are not capable that's what my take on it is i give everyone opportunity now the onus lies on the women to prove themselves then we cannot come up with uh, reasons then we cannot come up with excuses opportunity should be equal and then she can go explore herself and make her mark so the onus very much lies on her uh, but uh, the opportunity should be given by the government in every sectors irrespective of defense indeed and also there's a one thing that you know uh, uh, last year kiran bedi ma'am was also there in the show so i asked her the similar question uh being into army 
was is it hard or i don't know do you even feel that uh, is there some feminine urge uh so let's say in the as civilians as as you know normal people we we love to as women we love to adorn ourselves whether it's about you know it's make dressing in a certain way there's some feminine urge if you understand where i'm coming from so being into army i think you have to look certain way you have to wear things in a certain way so was that there, there was some suppressment of your feminine oh no That's not the... at all not at all you know i'll tell you what people do have that misconception because i'll, I'll start with me only so mm-hmm. i am this petite girl small frame then i was like you know really thin and all and probably i look cute uh, i wouldn't praise myself but like she is like so tiny she's so cute how can she become an officer and when i became an officer i would have shot her people like you look like a child are you an officer because i think somewhere people have made a mold for women in the armed forces or in places where they have to be tough both physically and mentally to be really tall sturdy like a man and look massive that's not the case today i'll tell you i am capable of lifting weights may some boys may not be capable of so uh, it's not on the way a person looks it's on what a person's capability is so when you go into the army we are told to be in a certain way because that's the norm like for example i go in school i need to dress up as uh, having a uniform if i'm in the police force i cannot wear uh, accessories on my uniform that's very normal that would be disrespecting to a uniform so in the armed forces also it's the same way and throughout the day you are occupied it's a 365 247 into commitment so morning if you are wearing pt obviously you will just tie a ponytail and go for your run you will not wear some fancy clothes over there because that is not the rig or that is not the uniform to be worn you will have a white t-shirt a black tr- uh, track pant basic shoes not even colorful shoes and that is a norm for everybody everybody who's come similarly for games similarly for all your parades but i will tell you i have seen the most uh, beautiful dressed up women officers in the army only when they have their personal time nobody even questions you what you're wearing where you're going and what you do so uh, i wouldn't say it's suppressed this is the need of the hour this is the requirement of the profession that you need to dress up in a certain way i hope that answers your question yes yes so so as as you you know you mentioned it in a very beautiful manner so she uh, kiran ma'am also said that that she she never felt like because uh, ever time i have seen her as a public figure you know she have been a, a that brown haircut and everything like that so so i was very curious to know that you know <laughs> there's some feminine energy that always because i'm someone who loves to okay you have to dress like that you have to you know look like that so i i as women we all share that you know uh, that true Also, so i'll tell you i had my hair colored post the army <laughs> because that's what i used to love doing, doing so it is you know what because you are bounded by the rules of that profession and the profession is again 24/7 so you will always be in that kind of a mold which is necessary i would think True. you know it is not something uh, it's not a 9 to 5 job where before 9 nobody will ask me and after 5 uh, o'clock nobody bothers this is where you are living like Amateur. in a family when you have yeah when you have your officer mess functions also the boys are always dressed in trousers and shirts so obviously we women can't go in anything jeans and all mm-hmm. so it is the uh, dress code for everyone but yes uh, when we have our holidays or when we go out on outings we dress in the best way possible <laughs> indeed
also when it comes to the rapper building uh being women uh were you like what was your way of leading a troop or you know bonding with a troop uh because you know the, even in corporates we see like there's a man language they share things this go out for walks sometimes for whatever reasons but but when it comes to women especially into the leadership role there's a i think there's a different way of rapport building so what works for you what was your way of bonding with your team with your troop what does that seem like? so honestly this is one of my favorite question <laughs> and because this is how i molded myself so mm. uh, one must one must understand which place i am working in what is the culture of the people over there you will obviously understand when we work in corporate specific company has a culture the other way one may not have or may might have something different so when you are talking about the armed forces they have a specific culture we have only men as troops now we have women coming in cmp as troops like the jawan cadre but we earlier had only men mm-hmm. and earlier i would say in the days not everybody comes from cities where they are used to watching women being so open being so vocal i think we have to accept this fact you know sometimes we just hide from it i feel in our country so we have to be very uh, you know uh, acceptance of the fact that all troops are not used to women being vocal are not used to uh, women uh, who might have too much of freedom that we have in cities and all because in some a uh, small town or in some villages we don't have it so when we have your men coming from that and when you are a women commander when you are their boss if i talk in layman language over here mm-hmm. you are the boss and you are the one who's supposed to get the work from done from them you should adapt in a certain way as you rightly brought out and i have been saying that in a lot of my podcast in my life that when a man has to do a bonding with another man they would just you know put their hands around the shoulder have a fact together have a small drink talk they have their boy talks and whatever and this is how they gel i think mm-hmm. we women even do that yeah so we have mm-hmm. our own way because yeah. i'm only talking of the officers and we have men in uh, as the troops so now a women officer over here cannot do that because that might not make everyone comfortable mm-hmm. and ma- that might not go with the rank the uniform as the uh, officer the uh, authority that you hold Yeah. So this is the time one must devise their own uh, methods. So what I used to do is uh, I used to play games with them. I used to play volleyball at sometimes basketball to the best of my ability. To be honest, I used to play ga- games with them. I would go in the lumber, have food with them, sit with them. At times they might get comfortable. So I'm talking about 2011 onwards. Mm-hmm. It's almost a decade now. So things have also changed. But at times they may be uncomfortable. But soon they start opening up. then i would take up their interviews i would ask about their family life what are their aspirations how much they want to go ahead in terms of rank or they want to you know switch and become officers because there's another provision about their wives if they require any support or help with respect to their family any kind of guidance that they need so i used to have this personal kind of a rapport with them and especially uh, to connect with somebody it's important that you connect with their family as well so this is what i used to do and i used to make it a point to go for pt with them to run with them at times i might may not be able to catch with their speed but i have seen myself you know trying to run with their speed and at the same time they adjusting why because hamare saab hamare saath bhag rahe and just to get you know uh, in line with my men because see the armed forces is all about uh, 
how are you as an officer and an officer has to be fit there are no two ways about it forget about people who are retired and moved out the person who is serving right now has to be fit 100% they have to play equal games be mentally agile physically agile so that you know what your troops pick up from she is able to uh, you know work well she is a boss or she is a leader who is able to solve my problem she knows her work and second thing she is so physically fit that she runs with us so i have worked hard a lot on my running skills and i used to keep running with my junior commissioned officers my jcos and my men and then we had my men talking saab to acha bhag lete i may not you know overtake them but yes i would come within my time or in the best of my time and since then i saw the rapo work so easy i used to go to the gym and they used to tell saab aap badhiya karte ho so we must understand what is the other person's psyche what does the other yeah. person want to see in a leader and we should start making it i may not be comfortable having a booze or a fag with them because that may not go with the culture as i said every profession has its culture so i would not do that i will keep up my uh, you know decorum as a woman and as an officer so i should not forget that even if i am an officer i am there is a feminine thing attached to me yeah. and because my men need to see a woman in a certain way she is our boss she is our person who gives us command we listen to her why because um, she knows her job so if a person knows the job in the armed forces especially women if i am physically fit i run with them i know my men i do not have to you know go on to the things of becoming another man and try to make my connect or friendship with them indeed and coming down to what have been your three best learnings uh if you just have to you know, speak it in three words or any phrases what have been three best learnings throughout your military career which which you think that you know as as a leading from a normal life won't be possible or anything like that what have been your three best learning that you would like to pass on okay, the first one is never give up because when we are trained in the army i'll start with the academy and even after that when you have your courses and everything there's no option to say no there is no option to say stop i can't then no negative words i probably doesn't exist in the dictionary of the armed forces so when you have no possibility to say no you are actually challenging your physical capabilities but more than your physical capabilities it's over here a person who runs a marathon may not be a runner every day but he goes or she goes finishing that 42 kilometers because this is prepared so when you have a never give up attitude in your life you know beat arm forces beat anywhere and this is what i've inculcated since childhood it just got stronger in the arm forces you will go and achieve your aim so first would be always never give up second thing you should be very much resilient in life whatever happens bad days will come see life is like a sine wave you'll have good days you'll have bad days so when people come across all these failures or all these struggles there are many people who give up that moment so that is the moment where you need to give a final push because somewhere i feel you know your destiny is testing you are you really made for it are you really that crazy to go and achieve this so that mm-hmm. i i personally feel that is the part of your life when you have these struggles and all you need to give a final push you need to cry you know sob over it sulk over it but get up again the next day and begin mm-hmm. on the same routine you know people talk about determination and all i feel yes determination is there at some days i might not feel determined mm-hmm. consistency mm-hmm. is what even pays people so be so much resilient in life and you know the best 
uh, act of resilience is what I've seen in plants. Even if a plant is spoiled or cut till the root, it will grow back again. So resilience is second thing. And third thing is do not let anyone tell that your dreams are small. I am come from a simple middle-class Marathi family from a, a locality in Mumbai called Lalbagh. Mm -hmm. From there, I have grown up myself to become an officer. Not, I mean, hardly any people or hardly any officers who come from Lalbagh. So if I can make it, if I can dream big, I feel anybody can, anybody can. People will come and tell you a hundred things. You're not fit for this. You're not fit for that. Are you sure you want to do this? They will give you 100 opinions on how things are supposed to go. But if you have made up your mind to go somewhere, if you have dreamt of getting, you know, to the stars, to the moon, or even to another planet, you will keep it to yourself and keep working. There will be negative people. There will be negative boosters also. Do not bother. You know, when a horse keeps running in a race, uh, they have these uh, blinders over their flaps. So I keep telling the aspirants, put these flaps around, you know, these uh, flaps around your eyes. Obviously, it's just like a metaphor here. Put them uh, around your eyes and keep running towards your goal. The horse is never disturbed on the uh, horse's left and right or what is happening. He just keeps running on the track. And this is what is required for the aspirants especially and other people also in, in their life where they are aspiring to go to a particular goal. Just put these uh, uh, blinders and keep running towards your goal. Yes. And counting it down, uh, never give up, be resilient and do not listen to the naysayers. Uh, last thing, yeah, yeah. I was curious to uh, ask my guest that what is the one trend that you would like to see more evolving in the new world? Or I should say one trend you like to see more embrace. What that one trend seem like? Uh, trend uh, evolving in the new world? Any, any trend. Okay, so uh, I feel today technologically we are so sound, we have made progress any, each and everywhere. Just name the field and the human has reached that. But I feel somewhere we people are still lagging is kindness and compassion. We must not forget that we are humans first. We are the only planet in this solar system which is harboring life. So we must firstly be thankful and be kind and compassionate towards each and everyone because life is not the same for all of us. There are people who come from humble backgrounds. There are people who would be super rich but not happy. And apart from that, you should also look beyond your own species. You must be kind to animals or rather kind to every living being along. You know, kindness is really simple and it costs you nothing. So be kind and be compassionate. And I think this is only the trend people should go forward with these days because everything else is what we've achieved. Indeed. And I'm always a big fan of the fact that, you know, uh, and then we are so much connected to each other. Like, there cannot be a life cycle. You know, we cannot live without if there's another species not belonging or someone is not, uh, you know, functioning properly. So I think to keep that life cycle alive and living a healthy life, it's really important to have, as you mentioned, a compassion and kindness to the other with that we all are connected <laughs> indeed connected to each other thank you everything so is it's really lovely to have you finally we made this episode i i hope to have you soon again but it was a lot to know about you know uh women in military and the life lessons you have led and i hope as you mentioned that if you can do it 
anyone can do it thank you so much thank you so much it's lovely talking to you priya thank yeah. you <laughs> likewise so i hope you have enjoyed the conversation as much as i did and thank you so much for listening i hope to see you again with another episode with another great story with another great human till then do not forget to check out our youtube channel by the name of trending daddy show on youtube you can also see some snippets also you can check out our instagram page by at the rate trending diary and if you have some story idea to share we are here to listen do share me at our instagram page till then bye bye and god bless us all